0: This is a Triple J Podcast. (laughs) Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Summer Hack Podcast. World pride in Sydney. It seems like another century, doesn't it? It was actually this year. All the build-up, the hype around it. It was definitely a good time. A lot of people travelled from all around the world to be in Sydney for this huge global event. And in the lead up to it, we did some big interviews with big names, LGBTQ role models about their personal experiences with coming out, also the huge problems that still exist for many in the community today. And sport is a big one that always comes up, especially for guys. There are so many barriers there still. One of the people we spoke with was Josh Cavallo, who's someone who you're probably familiar with. A lot of young Australians know Josh because he is this role model the football player for Adelaide United who made sports history around the world when a few years ago, he was the first player in the A-League to come out as gay. And at that time, he was also the only openly gay male footballer in a professional league in the world. So in seconds, his whole life changed. He was one of the most powerful advocates for pride and inclusivity in sport in the world. Everyone wanted a piece of him. He was an ambassador for everything. But it wasn't all good because with all of that came a lot of hate and online abuse. And it's easy to think that that stuff doesn't happen anymore, but it does. And Josh spoke really candidly about the impact of it and... The significance of that and what it tells us about society and what needs to change in sports specifically. It's funny because even though this interview was 10 months ago, I was having a look and Josh Cavallo is still fighting the hate. Like this week, he posted on Instagram and showed his followers the kind of horrible stuff, the abusive messages that are still pouring through. So while a lot might have changed in that time, there's definitely a lot that hasn't. But this guy is still out there fighting for inclusivity and acceptance. And so many young queer people look up to him. Here's my chat with Josh Cavallo. Summer Hack. Josh Cavallo, welcome to Hack. Thank you. Thank you. It's a very nice, special place in here. It's very cosy. I'm enjoying my, enjoying my time at the moment. <laughs> okay, you're feeling all right now. That's good. You know what? The day after you did the big announcement... You spoke with us on Hack. You probably don't remember. It was all a blur, I imagine. But you spoke to us and you said to us, I'm just so happy. And you said, I'm the same person that I was before. I'm just so much happier. How are you doing now? Yeah, look, it's definitely the dust has settled and it's just
1: changed my life, like 360 change. Like it's been an absolute roller coaster. And, you know, I got the luxury to travel overseas for the first time. Um, I got to see the impact it had, you know, in London as well as in Australia. And I was just like, how do these people even know who I am? So it kind of made everything a little bit more real that it wasn't just behind a screen. My announcement was that it was a uh, real life interaction with people as well. But the DMs were stacking up, right?
0: <laughs> like, can you give us an indication of like how quickly you were being followed? You were being messaged by people. Yeah, so a little insight was the first 30 minutes I had 500,000
1: messages. Oh. Um, and then every 30 seconds for the next two weeks, there were 30,000 DMs coming through at a time. So, Josh, Instagram- that is wild. Like, do you <laughs>
0: think about that and go, how did that happen? What's yeah, going on?
1: It's crazy, but like, how my nature works is I wanted to reply to every single one of them. And I was, and my manager, David said, Josh, relax. Like you're not going to get any sleep for the first three days. I was like, no, I have to reply. I have to do this. I have to reply. I have to send the thank you to them and everyone. And then it got to a point where I did get a bit too much and, like, I'm still going through the messages <laughs> oh, to this no. day. So, um, yeah, it was definitely crazy, but I thank everyone for the support they did and not only just for myself, but it paves the way for them, the next generation. What I'm doing is great for me at the moment, yes, but it's the impact it's going to have in 10, 15, 20 years' time when that next Josh is coming through. Can you take us back
0: to before you came out? Because I know you've said, look, I was struggling for years and people probably always ask, like, when did you realise you were gay? Like it's just an email that you get one day and says, you're gay, (laughs) which it's not.
1: It doesn't really work like that. (laughs) It's
0: kind of not like that. But you've obviously, it's a process. You were thinking about it for years. What was life like before you came out?
1: Very hard, very difficult. You know, um, I was scraping the bowl very hard. You know, I wanted to be a footballer. At the time I was playing for the under 20s Australia national team and my coach there, his name was Kyle Vert. And that's my coach today for Adelaide United. So he um, said, come down for a trial at Adelaide United. And I'm from Melbourne, grew up in Melbourne all my life. And this is the first time I was leaving home. So drove my way to Adelaide. It was eight hours <laughs> and had a three day trial and I had zero money, nothing. I was living out of my car, um, didn't have a home to go to. So you were homeless at this point? Yeah, I was homeless at this point and I was trialling for an A-league club here. Signed a two-year deal after that trial. Um, And then um, after the first season, we had an awards night and this was the turning point for me where... It was just an amazing journey. And then on this awards night, yeah, I got lucky enough to win the best young player. Yeah, I was very humbled by it and I wasn't expecting it. But at the same time, you know, I spent so much time with these people and I couldn't be myself. You know, there was times at training where we're getting a drink break and the boys have banter and say, oh, who's your cheeky date tonight? Who are you going out? Who's your missus? Who's that? And like, I'm trying to play football here. And then I have to think of making up these stories and adding it up together. It was so hard to balance the two and make the stories sound legit. And just so I can didn't want the boys to think any different of me or any less than me. And, you know, I received this award and I was so happy, but I couldn't let I couldn't let it go. It's like I was stuck in this hole, you know, I was I was had to have such a great achievement in my footballing career and then the people I shared it with the most, I was lying to them. I was lying to their face of the person who I am. So I was so disappointed that night. I went home after that night and I was crying. That was my turning point to me where I wanted to be myself. I walked into my coaches. It's a bit like this the, this room here. I walked into my coaches change room and at the time our assistant coach was Ross Aloisi and he was sitting in there and I said, Ross, um, I want to tell you um, guys something personal that's um, happening to me. And like Josh, you're right. Like, what's going on? You're not going back home to Melbourne. I said, no, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy here. Like, there's no problem with that. And they go to me, oh, what's wrong? Is there something about your mental health? And I said, no, no, no. Um, I'm actually coming out as gay. And they're like, is that it? And I'm like, what do you mean, is that it? And they're like, as long as you perform on the field and you're doing what you're doing at the moment, we couldn't be happier for you. And It gave me, like, the confidence I needed, you can say, I guess, because it felt like I had 10, 15 kilos off my shoulders after just telling two people in the footballing world. So after that, that training session, I had the absolute time of my life and I had the best training session I've ever had. (laughs) It was crazy. And then the next day I told the team and we had a huddle. Everyone, this is, like, such a masculine environment. Everyone was getting emotional and teary and, like, it was absolutely crazy. Every single one of them gave me a hug and I really felt the love in the room and they said, oh, we couldn't be prouder of you. We're just sad that you had to hide it from us for so long, you know. you couldn't be yourself and tell us the truth and we can understand all the times now that you didn't want to hang out with us or you didn't want to do this. It was because you were covering your tracks,
0: not because you didn't want to hang out with us. Well, that's the thing, right? I think a lot of young queer people are going to relate to this, that the exhaustion you talk about... You know, trying to come up with excuses or not to be in a position where someone might ask you a difficult question and that might mean that you're isolating yourself and you're not getting the social time with your mates and stuff like that, that must have a huge impact on you mentally. And it's funny that you said, like, as soon as I came out, I had the best, you know, training session ever because it had a physical impact as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that was only after telling my two coaches. So it gave me the confidence to say, wow, I really want to take... The next step, tell my friends, my family, the world, like, I, this is me. This is who I am. Can you imagine what I'm going to be like in a year and a half if they, this happens with football? So um, it was really exciting, but you're right. Look, this was – and there's so many people going through it to this day and there would be people listening to this on the radio or wherever they are in the world and, you know, they're going through the same thing where they're at home and they're thinking about conversations they had during the day with their loved ones or their friends and family and say, oh, did I say the right thing?
0: Did that add up, you know? Did I cover my tracks properly? You're listening to Hack, I'm Dave Marchese. I'm speaking with A-League star, gay sport icon, advocate Josh Cavallo about his experiences before and since coming out. It was a huge moment that spread right around the world. Josh, since you came out, other footballers have followed. We've had Jake Daniels, Czech International, Jakob Jankto. How does that make you feel? Great. And that's the purpose of why I did what I did. Because in 10,
1: 15 years' time, I hope there's a whole team that come out, you know, together. So there's a reason why I've done this video and it's to make it easier for the next person and the next person and the next person until there's no story about it and it's so normal. Look, in the women's game, no one would ever look at this and be like, oh, wow, someone came out because it's so normal in that space. Have you spoken to Jacob
0: or reached out?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did speak and I congratulated him and said, I'm here for you if you need anything. And it's a very overwhelming time. It's a lot to take in very quickly because it's something that you wake up the next day and your face is very familiar. In my experiences, it was great that the celebrities reached out and, and all that stuff. But the most touching thing for me is when I'm walking in the street or walking to a cafe or walking in Woolies and a mum, a dad or an uncle or a little boy or girl comes up to me and says, oh, you help you help my mum or you help my dad come out and they said you know there's a place in this world because of your story um, for them in this world and they didn't th- think that you know they could fit in and there was a life for them what they really truly wanted to be and when I hear stuff like that it makes it all worth the hate and all worth
0: the the negative comments that get thrown my way online from trolls or whatever There's probably people out there listening going oh well the reason there's not more people coming out as gay and the men's game is just because there aren't very many gay players like that's the reason, What? how do you respond to something like that
1: okay so the best way i could respond to that is about one in ten find themselves homosexual or in the lgbtq space in a football team there's 30 players so there's definitely i'm in communication with many um not only in football but in other sports olympians everything around the world basketball players hockey players um, everyone's at their own journey and i'm extremely proud to be helping these people that aren't out yet in their own journey, because I didn't trust anyone. I didn't trust a therapist. I didn't trust my family. I didn't trust a friend. Um, So to see these people reach out and ask for my help and ask for my assistance and my experience and my story, and I hope I help them in their right way. And some are ready to come out tomorrow. Some are ready to come out in a year. Some are never wanting to come out, but they want that hand, that guidance. And I'm more than happy to do that for them.
0: I mean, obviously, you're full of praise for the A-League and the stuff they're doing. What do you think of other codes? Because there are, you know, sports like NRL, for instance, that flagged a Pride round, but now they've kind of backtracked a bit and the officials there are saying, oh, we might have like a respect round instead, like it won't be specifically Pride. What do you make of that? It's disappointing. Um,
1: That's what I have to say about it. I don't think that there's any excuse what to have pride round or to have a pride shirt or you don't want to wear rainbow colours, it's 2023. Like, grow up, literally. It doesn't paint anything. It's just helping people that are struggling in life, you know? You don't realise by wearing that shirt or having a pride round how many people that's going to help to come out, how many people that's going to help to encourage, you know? So many people are listening to this here and and they could find themselves not out and this could be the, the step they need until coming out in their own journey. So to see people saying no or saying, why do we have to have a pride round? Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do that? It's helping people in such a positive way and it's making the world better. So why
0: not? And as some of these people that are reaching out to you who might be, um, you know, not out yet, are they in some of these sports that don't have a big pride movement yet who are saying, oh, we're not ready for it yet? Yeah, definitely. Um, There's definitely sports where there are people that are waiting to come out and-
1: They don't have that space where it's friendly or they feel like they can't continue their sport after coming out. Um, So there's a lot more people going through it, you know. These people saying, oh, let's wait a few years, let's wait this, let's take that. How do you know it's not your brother or sister that are waiting? People got to be careful because it could be your colleague or it could be someone really close to you in your family that is going through this. And seeing that people are respectful and embracing it is only going to make
0: these people's lives better. Josh, there's definitely somebody listening to you right now who is struggling and really maybe at a crossroads in their life or just needing a bit of advice and they're wanting to live their life like you. They're wanting to be open. They want to be able to fully express themselves, but they're scared. What do you tell them? Look, I was in that position.
1: That's exactly where I was. And it's not too long ago. It was only a year and a half for me. Um, so you're okay, you'll get there, you'll be there. You are the only person that's going to change it. Um, I had so much fear as well, so much fear, but it's the best thing I did in my life and now I can live every day as long as I wanted out. There was times where, you know, I wanted the day to be over. You know, I would go to training, I would go straight home and I want the day to be over because I can't, I I don't want to go outside, I don't want to live my life. This This is horrible, like it's not the person I wanted to be. So if you're finding yourselves in those shoes... When you're ready and when you feel like you, you can take that next step and come out, it is the best thing you ever do in your life. It closes this book and opens up a world that you never thought would exist. So um, you've got plenty of things to look forward to and, and um, just take that next step when you're ready and you will never
0: regret it. You can tell on your face that it's, <laughs> it's like a next chapter, right? It's kind of like a whole new book. I've watched so many interviews with you and you've done a lot of interviews over the past year, like so many. And in every interview you're smiling and you're so happy. And I thought maybe this is the interview I'm going to break him, that he's going really, to really just be really upset and grumpy and depressed and all the rest of it. But that's not Josh Cavallo. You're such a happy guy and you've got this message that you want to share with the world. Josh, thank you so much for your time. Good luck in your career, but also good luck in your life. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Summer Hack on Triple J.